from Hamster Wheel Publishing. This is Freewheeling. The show that answers your questions about veterinary business and leadership. With me, Dr. Dave Nichol. Hey guys, Dr. Dave Nichol here, back with another episode of Freewheeling. Now, in today's show, uh, I'm pulling a question from a question that was asked with inside the VetEx graduate community. And actually, we can come at this question from two different angles. So the question is, how do I negotiate a pay raise with my boss? And actually, I saw another question in another forum I'm a member of, which was, I have been asked for some feedback in a performance review by my assistant. Uh, help what I do, how do I handle that? And actually, the, these two separate questions are, are the opposite halves of the very same thing. And at the central core of both of these questions really is performance. Now, the, let's start with the wrong way to do performance and the wrong way to go about thinking about pay rises. And I think the wrong way is simply to think that, well, we've gotten to the end of the year, so everybody gets a pay rise. Um, because there is almost no link with with actual performance when that is the way that you are increasing people's salary. Um, so for me, just the length of time somebody's been in the business is a bad way or a bad expectation to start setting in people's heads. Uh, and particularly because you're going to have, a, you know, you, let's grade people on the curve is what happens all the time. You know, you're, you're going to have the middle group of people who show up and do their job and they're okay. Uh, and then you're going to have the exceptional performers right at the top who absolutely love working for you and, and are very good at their job, uh, uh, which which means you've left a, a you know, you've got a, a tail at the end. And actually, we know that the you know that the middle group is sort of the biggest and the tops maybe about twenty percent and the bottom can be about thirty um, percent. But it, we also know that the majority of people are not performing in a way that they're super engaged in their jobs. So my question then is, well, why would you pay somebody just being there for longer? Um, give them a raise just because they've been there, even if they're not performing their job well enough uh, to help the business grow or contributing uh, the level of energy and effort and uh, value to a business that somebody who's highly engaged will will be adding. That to me doesn't make a lot of sense. So I think just on time, that's a no-no. The way I would suggest doing it and I'll come on to the negotiation question in a second because it's really the same question from, viewed from the other side of the mirror. But the way I think about this is <clears throat> we should be rewarding based on performance, so meritocracy. Uh, and so looking at things like pay raises or additional continuing education funding or additional holiday or flexible working, you know, there's many ways, first of all, that we can reward our teams from those sort of extrinsic benefits also to providing them with jobs they really really like doing so job design um, recognition these are all important things we've got to pull into the mix when we're thinking about and keeping our team engaged but specifically I think what's important is and this is the bit this is the mirror between what the what the assistant wants and what the business wants are simply what are the criteria for good other other another way to put that is what are the objectives that this this person or this job has to deliver such that the wider organization can achieve its aims and goals, okay? So, for example, if somebody comes to me and asks me for pay raise, 
um, then I am first of all going to be thinking, okay, well, have you met my criteria for achieving the pay raise? And so have you met your objectives? And the objectives might be to generate uh, X thousand pounds in revenue. The objectives might be to um, play nice with the other boys and girls on the team. The objectives might be to uh, use and meet and develop our, our clinical standards of care. Uh, the objectives might be to work in a certain location and grow it to a certain size. There's all manner of objectives that, that you might want to create for a role depending on what that role is. It might be a nurse, uh, it might be a veterinarian, reception team member, a manager, um, who knows. The important thing is you've got clearly documented criteria for what good looks like. They are your expectations of what that person has to do. The next thing, and this is super important, is that you think about how will you know when they meet those criteria? Um, so when somebody is using the standards of care, what evidence is available to us that can help us to quickly and easily identify whether this person is meeting that objective um, and satisfying our criteria or not? And the delta between those two things. So either they're not meeting it, and we've got a gap, a skills training gap, well, that's our training plan, or they are meeting it, or better still, maybe they're exceeding it, well, that's your signal that somebody is very much worth uh, remuneration hikes and, and keeping them engaged in their business because they are, they are one of your rock stars or on their, on their way to being that. So that's, from the, that's, the per, that's the middle ground, okay? So if you're going to negotiate and ask for a pay raise, then it, it then follows that that's the information you require. And most vets are not in possession of that information. It's one of the main reasons why we've got disengaged people in our teams. Because as owners, as managers, um, the, the businesses are failing to make clear what the expectations are specific to that organization. So everybody knows that a vet is there to you know, heal animals and, and to do vaccinations and things. But what does that look like within your business? You can't leave that to chance. You have to make that clear at the outset. Um, so that's that's the first thing. Understand what your what your objectives are, because those are your boss's criteria for whether you're doing a good job or not. Now your boss might not even know that. Fine, time to manage upward. If you go to your boss and say, "Hey, can I have a pay raise?" and they're like, uh, "I don't know," uh, and then then they're not going to say, "Well, did you meet your objectives?" Like that's because most of them don't have objectives detailed. Um, so what you can say is, well, boss, look, if you're not sure, what criteria must I meet in order to get a pay rise? That's the question you want to ask them. And then the second question is, and how will we both know when I've met those criteria? Now, if you can get an answer to that, it does not really leave anybody anywhere to go from that point. It is very hard for me as an employer, if you meet those criteria, to not want to give you that pay raise. It is actually very stupid of me as an employer to not want to give you a pay raise because you will be succeeding in your job. And I, I should, as your employer, want to retain you, assuming you're also behaving in a way that's consistent with our values and our, our, um, our behavioral standards, okay? So if you want to negotiate a pay raise, get clear on what the criteria are, Get clear on how everyone will know when you've met those criteria and that puts you in a very strong position to get exactly what you want. The second thing is be clear about what you do want or be clear about, okay, well, what happens when I meet this level? You know, I was a graduate, now I'm uh, a year out of college. I've got these extra skills. Uh, I've got these extra skills. 
you know, my practice is we have a skills matrix for people for the first three years post-graduation. And that tells us, like, we know that if people have acquired and achieved those skills, they're going to be doing a good job for us. They're going to be capable of doing a good job for us. So when people hit those and can tick, we can tick off those boxes on that matrix, it's really easy. We know that they're, they're upskilled and they're ready to go up to the next level. Now, does that take three months, six months, 12 months? That's a very individual thing. And that's why I don't think you should link it to time. You should link it to merit, okay? If you have a rock star who's just absolutely knocking it out of the park, um, you're going to be seeing those results uh, in your top line sales and almost certainly in your profit. So I would encourage you not to be stingy with people like that. Um, so there you go. So that's the flip. That's how you ask for a pay raise and you go negotiate it. If your team member comes to you and asks for feedback, same thing. Just define what good looks like. Define how you're going to know that when they've met that and give them the feedback. Are they meeting it? If so, great. High fives. What else can they be working on now? Are they not meeting it? Perfect. Great. Training opportunity. All right. So here's the objective. Here's the criteria you're not meeting. You're about 80% of the way here in order to get to 20%. How do you think you're going to get there? What do you need for me to get there? Or if they're not sure, here's how I would suggest you get there. Really easy. These conversations don't have to be hard. They don't have to be challenging. They don't have to be confrontational unless we tell ourselves stories in our heads about them always having to be horrible things. They're not. Performance management shouldn't be hard. It gets hard because we leave it for a year. We let little things grow into big things and then we download our swamp pit of complaints at each other once a year and everybody feels crappy about that, okay? Um, I hope you're getting a sense through this video and also my other videos that really there's a much better um, way of doing performance management that you are able to start learning and start implementing in your practice. So tell me what you think. Tell me, give me your feedback. What's been your experience of negotiating? What's been your experience of having performance conversations? Leave me a comment in the comments box, either on the blog or on the YouTube channel. And until next time, this is Dr. Dave. Be well, be safe, be happy. I'll see you next week. Take care, guys. Thank you for listening to that episode of Freewheeling. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, leave me a rating or review on iTunes. That'd be much appreciated. Now, if you want to have your question answered, hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Dr. Dave Nicol. That's D-R-D-A-V-E-N-I-C-O-L. I'll see you in the next episode.